Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Well, hey, I'm excited. Again, I'm fired up. If you're brand new to our church, come back next week. I'll try to be more like normal Sunday next week. But I want to apologize in advance. I just want to, I want to, I want to swing as hard as I can today. I feel this burning inside of me all week. Uh, I feel like there's a generation that's actually come up that we've heard the great preachers, the great songwriters. We've been influenced by their leadership, been influenced by their messages, their songs, and their, their, their churches. But oftentimes, some of these people have forgotten where they came from. And they forgot the environments and the encounters that actually made them who they are. God told me, he said, Mark, you were raised in an environment that you had an encounter with the Spirit of God when you were 18, it changed you. And here's my fear, is if I don't teach people what people taught me when I was young, one day I'll be the last person in my church that experienced what I experienced. I don't want to shut down the environments that made me who I am. Can I get an amen? So I want to just say, before I get started today, this is not a normal Sunday message. This is, I try to do it once a year, and uh, today is a little bit different than normal But I want to talk to you today. We're starting a new series called Turn the World Upside Down. Acts 17 says that the early disciples, they turned the world upside down. Now, I don't know about you, but at the Los Angeles Times, which they don't tell the truth very often anyways, but if, if, if there was a major media outlet that actually documented Christianity today, I don't think they would describe it as they turned the world. They would say they were judgy, they were, they, were, they were bored, they were apathetic, they were lukewarm, they were, they were hypocrites, they lived one way on Sunday, different way on Friday night. They, they would describe Christianity today many ways, but I don't believe they would describe it as they turn the world upside down. But I think that's going to change. I think God is getting ready to do something here in Orange County, like he did in the 60s and the 50s and the 70s, like he did in LA in the 20s and the, and the teens. That would once again, come on, reverberate waves around the earth. If you believe it, come on, give him a good hand clap and a shout. God is raising up politicians. God is raising up doctors, medicine professionals, scientists, leaders in the different spheres of society. And I do believe that we're going to see the world once again be turned right side up. That's impossible. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. I promise you that if the early church could see 120 versus 4 million non-Christians, and if that 120 could influence 4 million, 1 to 30,000 odds, but they somehow prevailed. And you would fast forward 2,000 years later, and on the earth, 7.9 billion human beings, 2.7 billion of them prescribing to the belief of Jesus Christ. How would 120 be able to bring 2.7 billion? I want to just, uh, I want to, I want to be bold this morning. That's okay. Can I do that? I'll tell some jokes. Can I tell some jokes this day. I want to lighten you up a little bit. Like this guy came out of the gate just way too. Jesse gave me a quad shot. I should be on the stage right now. I'm like a little, my gosh, Shandai. But we're going to have a good time today. If you believe it, say amen. All right. Well, my name is Mark. If you're here, Welcome. And if you have your Bible today, we're going to turn to the Bible. If you're brand new to our church, I'm going to read 17 verses. I'm going to read a passage that that the Bible defines the Bible as itself. It it describes the last days. So I think the greatest source of news for what the last days should look like 
should be found in the greatest selling book of all time, should be found in God's manual for humanity. And it says in Acts chapter 2, which if you've been church any point of your life, whenever a preacher says Acts chapter 2, that's usually your cue to put on your seatbelt. I'm like, I've been to an Acts 2 church. They're crazy. I want to be very honest today. There are Acts 2 churches that are Pentecostal that are crazy. There are people that are filled with the spirit of the living God that are crazy. They are weird. They are eccentric. But they were crazy, weird, and eccentric before they got filled. Before they were Pentecostal. Is this a Pentecostal church? No, this is a seeker-sensitive, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving. If it's in the Bible, we're going after it, church. That's what we are. Well, what's your model, preacher? You guys building like that church down the road? What's your model? My model is the book of Acts. And I believe this, that I would rather agree with the Apostle Paul than my professor in cemetery or seminary. I would rather model what we're going after. And I want you to know this. Whenever you're defending a theological worldview that contradicts the book of Acts, I would tell you if you're going to unhitch anything, unhitch from someone maybe that lives today, then unhitching from the Apostle Paul that lived then. I believe that the church, listen, the Bible was not written to tease us. Paul didn't write two-thirds of the New Testament and say, hey, guys, this is how good it used to be. <laughs> Poor little 21st century believers. Why don't you read your history books and see how good we used to have it? I believe the Bible was written to tell us what he wants to do today. Come on, if you believe it's here today, come on, say a good amen. I'll try my best. Acts 2. And again, I'm going to read about a passage. I'm going to teach on a topic that probably you won't find many preachers under the age of 50 that would dedicate a Sunday morning to talk about a topic that, quite frankly, scares people. It freaks people out. People have had a bad experience. People had a weird family member. People went to a weird church. And they go, look, because I had one bad experience with it, I'm going to completely avoid it the rest of my life. Now, I want to tell you that if your kid got sick, you got sick, you would avoid that restaurant, but you would not stop eating. And I believe that we have a very, very weak church at times because we run from the things that God wants us to pursue. So Acts 2, if you're ready to go, say I'm ready. If you're brand new, 17 verses, I'll pray, I'll tell a couple jokes, and then I'm going to give you four big ideas about this thing that most people are scared of, which is the baptism of the Spirit of God. Many people know about God the Father. Many people know about Jesus the Son. But when people say the Holy Spirit, we're like, let's just stick with the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Spirit stuff's a little bit, I'm scared of it. Like, if I got a prayer language, I might be in Gelson's and just, he might take over. I might grab the microphone and just start shondying. I want you to know the Spirit of God is a gentleman. He never forces anything on you. And this is the first thing I want to say before I read. If you are ever scared of anything that Jesus is not scared of, you need to reevaluate your position. If you are scared of something that the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, that John and others were not scared of, you need to reevaluate your position. Are you with me today? Southern California, I want you to agree on this, all great swimming pools have shallow and deep ends. All great churches have shallow and deep ends. Today, we're going to jump off the diving board. If you want to hang out on the steps, you're welcome to. But while we're swimming in here, I, I want you to know you can stay on the steps. 
but I want to give you a grid because many people are scared of the deep things of God because they can't touch. But you don't have to touch to be able to go on the deep end. You just have to know how to swim. So my prayer today, one of the mandates I feel like God has asked me, he said, Mark, you're young, you wear your wife's jeans, you wear no socks, look, you're a little different. But you, your job is to teach a young generation about the ancient power of God. And you're going to do it in a way that's not spooky, it's not scary, it's not <laughs> mystical. I'm a logical guy, I'm a reasonable person, I have a sense of humor, but I love the spirit of God. And if you want to understand Ocean's Church, here's what we value here. Write this down. Naturally spiritual, spiritually natural. Say it again. Naturally spiritual, spiritually natural. What does that mean? It means that when you ask me to pray for the food, I'm not going to go from talking like this to speaking in the Queen's English. If you invite me to your house and you say, would you pray for someone? I'm not going to change the tone of my voice. I'm not going to change my vocabulary. Start breaking out these and those and uh, thou shall nots and Father God and everything in sight. I'm going to talk to you like I talk right now. Does that make sense? Because I'm naturally spiritual and I'm spiritually natural. There's my foundation. Let's read. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost. What's, what day? This is... Uh, this is seven days after Jesus floated into the sky like David Copperfield. Seven days. History lesson for everyone brand new today. Jesus spent three and a half years with 12. They weren't the perfect 12 young men. They were the dirty dozen. After three and a half years of miracle seminary, they watched Jesus be crucified. They watched him come out of the grave three days later. Paul writes to the Corinthians that 500 people witnessed Jesus after he got out of the grave. 500 solemn after he resurrected. That's why, listen, if the resurrection didn't happen, we would not be talking about Jesus today. Facts. So the reason why everyone's talking about Jesus, he came out of the grave. 500 solemn. And when the 500 solemn, Jesus said, hey, um, I'm going to leave, but I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go to a prayer meeting. And in the prayer meeting, I want you to stay there until you get power. So you get what? So you get, how do you turn the world upside down? Say it with me. It's not clever arguments. It's not catchy marketing. It's, come on, it's God's. Wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. So they go to the prayer meeting, and today there's churches that love the prayer meeting. They love the upper room, not realizing that the upper room was just a waiting room. It was a room to meet with God, to get power, to go to the streets. Here is the sequential order of revival. It's service, meet with God. Power, streets. Service, power, encounter, streets. Service, power, encounter, streets. And when people from the streets come to the service, they get filled with power. And then when they get filled with power, they go back to the streets. And they bring the people from the streets back to the service. And the people in the service see power, and they go back to the streets. This guy shouldn't drink coffee anymore. Are you with me today? I better read the Bible. Pentecost. Say with the Pentecost. That word's scary. It means 50. That's all it means. I thought it meant TBN. No, no, no. It means 50. 50. Five zero. That's what Pentecost. Let's demystify some of this stuff. So on the day of Pentecost, they were all in one Honda Civic. No, no, no. It's one accord. In one place. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind. As the mighty rushing wind, it filled. It was like, I, he didn't say it was mighty rushing wind. He said it was like. Yeah. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them 
divided tongues, it was like, he didn't say it was fire. He said it was like fire. It sat on each of them. It sat on each of them. And they were all filled. How many? Help me out, Orange County. They were what? The Greek word for all is um, all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they begin to speak. This word gets crazy for some of you. In other tongues. The word tongues is scary, preacher. You shouldn't say that in church. People will leave. Well, I'm, I don't care about the people that leave. I care about the people that stay and encounter this. Because the ones that do will never, ever be the same. Promise you. The word tongues, what is it? It's the word. I dare you to stay the whole time. Don't leave. The word tongues is the word glossae. It's where we get the word glossary. It means languages. Today, there are 7,139 languages on the earth. They say that 50% of the earth speaks 20 languages. They say every year, 29 languages are lost. They say the reason why they're lost, because in four generations, languages go extinct. How does that happen, preacher? Because the first language, great grandma speaks it, writes it, and understands it. But if she's not intentional, her daughter, your grandma, she will understand it and she will speak it, but she won't write it. And if she's not intentional, your mom, she'll understand it and she'll, she'll understand it, but she won't know how to speak it or write it. And by the time you and I come around, the language is gone. Today we have churches full of people that have never heard about our roots. And if some young preachers don't get some courage and say, this is where we come from, languages will be lost that can change the earth fired up about this says this so everyone was filled tongues as a fire they sat on them they began to speak in other languages as the spirit as the spirit not as hyper spooky but as the spirit of god gave them utterance there was dwelling there in jerusalem devout men what kind of men i need you to catch this today say it again what kind of men these are not atheists agnostics these are not you're, they're not negative bloggers in mom's basements these are devout men not cynics not critics devout men and i want you to notice the three responses of devout men it says they were from devout men from every nation at least 16 nations represented at least 13 languages represented and it says they were all over from all under heaven and and when the sound occurred it was so loud that the multitudes came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in their native dialects right they're like these guys are galileans how is it they're speaking them? Do we hear them in our own native languages that we are born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, that word, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own languages, tongues, the wonderful works of God. Here's how devout men process it. All were amazed. Some were perplexed. The word perplexed means some doubted. They're like, what does this mean? But others weren't just perplexed and doubted. They actually mocked it. They're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's just Miller Light. That's what that is. They're just full of new wine. Peter stands up with some courage. I want to remind you that about, uh, I don't know, probably about 47 to 50 days before this, Peter was the same guy that took someone's ear off like Mike Tyson. Same guy that denied Jesus in front of a junior high girl at a, at a bonfire. Somehow, he gets courage. And he says, uh, hey, hey. He was like, hey. Shh, shh. Men of Judea, 
All who dwelling in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. Heed my words. These, we aren't drunk. Some of you think. It's only 9 a.m. That's what it says here. It's third hour of the day. But this was spoken by Joel. Joel chapter 2. This is what he said. It'll come to pass in the last days. God says this. That I will pour out my spirit on some flesh. What flesh? Greek word is, come on, all. It means all. I'll pour my spirit on all flesh. He goes, yeah, your kids, sons and daughters, they're going to prophesy. They're going to hear God's voice. That's weird. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. We prophesy all the time, especially when God shows up. And it says your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So God says whether you're old or young is determined by if you have visions or dreams. Verse 21, and it'll come to pass that day, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want to talk to you today about living under his influence. Under his influence. Father, bless today. Have your way. Thank you for what you did about an hour and a half ago. Would you do it again in this service? I pray that we would lean in. I pray that you would come in a powerful way. Come in like a wind. Come in like a fire. Even if we don't know what it looks like, I pray that we would just be so in love. Have your way today at Ocean's Church in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good old-fashioned amen. amen. Have you ever, uh, you, ever not wa- you ever not read the warning labels on medicine? Yeah. I've only made the mistake a couple times. Uh, I had a really bad allergies one time in Idaho, and uh, we were going motorcycle riding. And I didn't read, I don't ever take, I don't, I'm just not a medicine person. And I took a bunch of Benadryl and uh, didn't read the label in the back that says, do not operate machinery. Yeah. I'm like, why? I'm like riding a motorcycle fast and I feel like sleeping and I didn't realize that I was under the influence of some come on some medication I had a cold back in the day before COVID existed this is BC before COVID back when there was just normal viruses and sickness I had a cold and um I was driving to Portland and I'll never forget I didn't read the the, the, the label I'm just drinking this this uh cold medication and I don't know why but guys I was so excited I was like just giddy. I couldn't like sit still. I, I felt like I had to talk nonstop. You're like, Mark, you do that all the time. No, it was different. It was like, it was another level. It was another level. And I'm literally the whole day just like just going, interjecting. I got a story. Oh, I got a thought. I got a, let me get in there. Yeah, I got something. I was like a puppy. And um, the whole day I'm just talking. I mean, I talked so much that day. It was the most I've ever talked my whole life. And it was conference. We had people come to our hotel room. There's like 10 pastors. We're all talking. Actually, I was talking to nine people. <laughs> they left. And I'm like, I grabbed the medicine to take another dose. And I look at the back. And it says, this medication can cause like, uh, cause like excitement, hyperactivity. I was like, yeah. That described my day. It's crazy that you can be under the influence. I wasn't... Um, I wasn't really raised in the church per se. From seven to eighteen, I lived outside of the church, and uh, my high school years were pretty crazy. I, I partied a lot, and I had a lot of friends. We went to you know clubs and bars and different places. Um, and I just remember, you know, when you're around people that have had too much to drink, it alters them a little bit. Yeah. It's always funny to me that we're always like scared to invite a friend to church because we're like we might get a little bit different in church. But you see your friends in the bar, and you're cool with that. Yeah. Like, why would you be scared of a little bit of fire in church? A little bit of wildfire. But you go to the bar, and your buddy's, like, flirting with people and 
dancing on countertops, and you're like, that's just Lloyd, you know? That's just how he is. He gets a couple in his system. That's just how he acts. I have found that when people drink too much alcohol, a few things happen. The first thing is they get louder. I don't know why, but if you have too much to drink, usually you forget about an inside voice. When you drink too much, it doesn't just affect the volume of your voice. The second thing it affects, it begins to affect your ability to care. You get fearless. You ever met shy people that are like just super bubbly? You're like, dude, you would never talk like that. You are fearless right now. What happened to you? You're under the, in- you're, you're under the influence. When people are under the influence, they don't just get louder and fearless. It actually alters their personalities. Not only that is they start saying things they would neverly, neverly, that's a new word. They would neverly do this. It's like normally and never, just they had a baby. They would neverly say before. Crazy. Saying stuff. Just boldness, honesty. You're hearing things like, whoa, you're going to regret that tomorrow. That was way too honest. What's up? Your cholesterol. That was me. You're not going to know about that until tomorrow. You'll say things that you don't mean. It'll affect your balance, your priorities. And I'll tell you what, but one thing that someone's drinking too much, it'll affect the way you see other people. Be honest. I had friends that when they had too much to drink, they would start being attracted to people they would normally never be attracted to. This might be too real for church, but I'm just going to be honest today. What are you saying, Mark? I'm saying that it's interesting that Paul in Ephesians 5 says, hey, guys, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Why did Paul somehow associate alcohol with being filled with the Holy Spirit? And I came to the conclusion of this, that water refreshes, but alcohol influences. That's what it does. And you know what God's desire is for his kids? Is he wants to influence you. We live in an age of influencers... And influencers get paid to tell people what they like. But influencers influence others by what they've been influenced by. And we as a church, we're going to turn the world upside down, not because of who we are, but because of what we're influenced by. Can I get an amen? It's wild to me that we live, we try to live like Jesus, we try to pray like Jesus, we try to go like Jesus, do like Jesus, without having the spirit that Jesus had. It is very frustrating to try to live holy without the Holy Spirit. It is very hard to live like Jesus without the Spirit that he had. Well, Mark, I've met Spirit-filled Christians. They're weird. They're weird without Jesus. How do you know this? Because, listen, who had the Holy Spirit more than any human that ever lived? Jesus. Guess who loved Jesus? Kids. Guess who has a radar for weird people? Kids. My six-year-old, she can smell someone weird a mile away. She's like, Daddy, do we ever have to go there again? I'm like, no, you don't, babe. He was weird. She was strange. I'm like, I know, I know. My six-year-old can detect weird, eccentric personalities. And guess what? If Jesus was full of the Spirit more than any other human being, and kids still loved him, here's what we know. You don't have to be strange to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's a good spot for an amen right there. Just free somebody. I thought I had to be like John the Baptist, eating locusts and honey and living in the wilderness. No, put on some jeans. Many people don't realize that the book of Acts is so significant because cowards turned into fearless men and women of God. How? 
And I would be so bold today that they turned the world upside down, not because they followed three and a half years and saw the miracles of Jesus. They saw three and a half years of miracles, and they saw, after that, they saw Jesus die on the cross. They saw the life of Jesus. They heard the teachings of Jesus. They saw the death of Jesus. They even witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. And here's where I bring your attention to. After all of that, guess what they did after the resurrection? They were hiding behind locked doors. You can grow up around Jesus, see his miracles, be in powerful meetings, and still be a coward. You can grow up in the church, have a theological grid. I know who God is. I know who God isn't. And still live with a spirit of fear. Why? Because the Bible says these, these 120 did not change. They didn't change until Acts chapter 2. Peter, 50 days earlier, was scared of junior high girls at a bonfire. Now he's standing up in front of 3,000. Scratch that. Let's go, to, let's go to Acts chapter 4 after 3,000 got saved. In Acts 4, the Sanhedrin arrested them. That would be like the Supreme Court putting you on trial. And there would be 71 of the most intellectual, highly educated, affluent, and powerful men on the earth. And they're interrogating these, these former fishermen. And they're on the stand. And Peter looks at them, not as someone on trial, but he puts them on trial. He goes, hey... They said, the, the Sanhedrin said, you can't meet anymore. You can't sing in church. You can't have church anymore. And he goes, no, no, no. We sing all the time. They said, you can't speak in his name anymore. You can't teach in his name anymore. The government back then was saying, shut up with your Christianity. And Peter's like, no, um, when you tell us to do something that God wants us to do, we're going to ignore you. Because it's better for us to obey God than to obey man. I'm not answering into you in eternity. You're not my judge for eternity. I'm not scared of the one that can arrest my body but not deal with my eternal soul. If I'm fearing anybody, I'm fearing God. Can I get a good amen? That's why we won't shut the church down anymore. Because we're like, no, no, we're going to do this. If the marijuana dispensaries are open, we, we're going to get people high too. Yeah, if, if, if the alcohol shops are open, yeah, we're, gonna, we're not going to be drunk with that. We're going to be filled with the spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a better message than everybody else has. And if you're going to keep the gyms open, if you're going to keep the, the bars open, yeah, we're going to stay open too. Agree to disagree. So these, uh, these 120, they, they change. Somehow, Palestine has 4 million people in it. There's 120 Christians. Acts 2 hits. Imagine this. Hey, Vegas, what's the odds of Christianity spreading? Uh, 1 to 30,000. Every Christian in the upper room, for every believer that encountered the Holy Spirit, there will be 30,000 men and women that don't agree with them. Wow. Okay, that's not good odds. But somehow over a 32-year span, 32 span from Acts 1 to the, very book, the, the, the end of the book of Acts, somehow in that 32-year that window, it goes from a little prayer meeting in the corner of Palestine to Acts 17, they're like, they're turning the world upside down. To the end of the book of Acts, they're standing before Caesar in Rome. How? How do you turn the world upside down? And again, I would tell you, it wasn't just the teachings of Jesus. It wasn't just the miracles of Jesus. It wasn't just the death of Jesus. It wasn't just the resurrection of Jesus. Somehow, it was something that happened in a filled house when the spirit of Jesus came in that turned cowards into courageous boil me in oil 
Crucify me upside down. Burn me at the stake. I'm not denying my Jesus. Because if he got out of the grave, I'll get out of the grave. What happened to him is going to happen to me. Where did this courage come from? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just fired up today. Why would you be willing to be thrown into lion's dens and not deny your faith? People don't die for lies. If Jesus didn't get out of the grave, these men would never have given their lives to believing that. They're like, look, dude, if you burn me today, yeah, I'm coming out. Jesus came out three days. I'm coming out too. You kill me, I'm, com- I'm, I'm coming out. If he rises, I rise. And it created this fearless element of living that they were no longer scared of the applause of men. No longer worried about the criticism of society. No longer cared how many likes you had, how many likes you didn't like. Church growing, church not growing. You offended people today, people loving this. I don't don't care. I'm going to give you the message that God told me to give you. Truth is, your favorite songs were written by people that have been filled with the Spirit of God. That's the funny thing about it. Churches that get up and say, no, the gifts were for yesterday. Spirit of God's not here anymore. Tongues is of the devil. There's churches that say, you do not ever speak in tongues. That's of the devil. Well, Paul the Apostle. In Acts, no, 1 Corinthians 14, I think it's verse 39, he said, uh, desire prophecy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. Before they go, I wish everybody spoke in tongues. Okay. So what's crazy is these churches are like, no, don't do that. But they sing the songs that spirit-filled musicians write in their churches. I love Maverick City. I love Hillsong. I love Bethel. It's my favorite songs, but I don't believe in any of their theology. You know why you sing our songs? Because you feel the anointing. Man, I love listening to that preacher on TV. That guy, he, he has something that that professor doesn't have. What is it? He has the spirit of God. And it's crazy because we're like, well, I don't agree with that theology. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't understand all of it. But uh, you like the fruit of it, don't you? I cry every time I come to Ocean's Church. Why is that? Spirit of God. Mark, I don't believe in this baptism of the Spirit. I don't believe in, in gifts for today. I don't believe in miracles. But I really like this church because the people are really friendly. And there's just like an energy here. Let me let you in a little secret. That energy is the Spirit of God. That's what it is. And uh, I just want to give a little secret that the early church, let me go Old Testament. You know, like the people that changed the world? Let me give you some names. Daniel, filled with the Spirit of God. Joseph, filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah, yeah. Samson, filled with the Spirit of God. Gideon, filled with the Spirit of God. Samuel, filled with the Spirit of God. Saul, before he went crazy, filled with the Spirit of God. David, filled with the Spirit of God. Ezekiel, filled with the Spirit of God. Jeremiah, filled with the Spirit of God. Isaiah, filled with the Spirit of God. Let's go New Testament. Who was filled in the New Testament? Well, they said Barnabas was a good man, full of good works, full of faith, and full of the Spirit of God. Stephen was willing to be stoned to death. That's not California smoking joints until you die. That is rocks being thrown. Are you following me? He was being willing to be stoned to death. He was full of the Holy Spirit. I could go down the list of over and over. Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. There was no debate. There was no debate. We didn't have all these intellectuals at Harvard and all these former seminaries that turned into knowledge that puffed up, that unhitched from the supernatural power of God. We started building ministries out of our degrees and our intellect and no longer relying on the spirit of the living God. Here's the good news of Ocean's Church. If this place goes bananas, it's God because I got nothing. 
I rely on him. Spend time. I laid on the ground in my, my, my room last until 3.30 in the morning. I'm like, God, I'll, I don't, I'll do whatever you want. I don't really want to do this, but I'll do it. And he said, do it, Mark. You tell my people because there's many people in your churches that want the life and the power that you have, but no one's bold enough to tell them how to get it. So if you want to be shy, you want to be conservative, he said, you'll be the last person like you in your church. You do not shut down the environments that made you who you are. I'll be real. I've been to some crazy services. I've been to crazy prayer meetings. I've seen some weird stuff. But I would take a little bit of wildfire than no fire at all. I don't believe you have to be weird, eccentric. I don't believe that you have to be some weirdo with a beardo. Are you following me? I believe that God can be supernaturally natural and naturally supernatural. Here's what we know is three responses of the devout man. First response, this is amazing. Some of you today... You never heard that you could be filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language. And your first response, because you're a spiritual person, is, that's amazing. Sign me up. There's just people. I just meet people. I meet L.A., whatever. Just, I just spiritual people. I just, you gravitate. If it's New Age, crystals, anything you hear about, I'm in everything. And some people like that, it's really easy for you to identify, hey, God's real. Jesus is your Savior. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak in tongues. So, like, let's do it. I already have my shoes off, you know? Like, let's do it. Own a Subaru, you know? Got the coexist sticker, right? Let's do it. I, you are amazed by the Spirit of God. But the second category of devout men is not those that are amazed. There's people that are confused or doubt it. Many of you here, you're so highly educated. You're so successful. You're like, Mark, I've been, look, I went to Christian school. My dad was a pastor of a Baptist church. Like, I've been around this whole thing. And um, this is foreign. I've heard negative things about this. But I like this church I've seen how it's changed my family. I've seen the fruit of it. So I trust you. Tell me more. You're perplexed, but it's amazing still. But there's a third category. Some of you are here today. Some are watching online. Probably trolling right now from your mom's basement. Say hi to mom for me. Um, (laughs) Is you would mock a message like this. Yeah, spirit-filled people. They're speaking in tongues. That's of the devil. There was a church. There's churches here in Orange County. I can tell you how about I won't say the names. There's churches here. They're like, no, speaking miracles, women can't be in ministry, women can't wear makeup, you gotta wear dresses that cover all of the county. Yeah. You you can't, no, no, no. Like miracles, power, signs one. That was for like the early church. That's all gone. And people throw rocks in those churches at churches like ours, yeah. which is fine. It takes all types of churches to reach all types of people. Yeah. But I'm just the guy that come on the snowboarder that goes, if I'm gonna snowboard, I wanna be good at this. Yeah. I'm going all the way in. If I can know God at a 10, I'm not living at a 3. And if you're like that, you're going to like this church. Because we're going to go after all of God that we can get. Can I get a good amen? Can I get an amen from the Costa Mesa 10 over here? Come on, Palm Springs 10, you guys with me over here? Listen, we're going after God all the way. Well, what do you know is it says this, that some were mocking. Here's the irony of mockers, is they would rather believe that you're speaking fluently in a language you didn't study because you're drunk than to acknowledge that it's God. That's what the antichrist spirit will do is it would rather you make up some crazy illogical conclusion than to acknowledge the spirit of the living God. Ladies and gentlemen, if drinking alcohol helped you with linguistics, I would have passed Spanish. 100%. I drank plenty in high school. I I, I flunked out of Spanish. Drinking alcohol does not help with foreign languages. Can I get a good amen, an honest amen? 
But this is how crazy the world is, like speaking to, that's of the devil. So let me ask you a logical question, Jethro. Let me, let me ask you a If you prayed today and said, God, give me a job, and tomorrow a recruiter called you and said, I have a job for you, who would say God answered your prayer? Come on, be, stop being stubborn. Raise your hand. I'm going to do an altar call for stubbornness in a second. You're not getting nothing out of me, preacher. I'm shut down. Well, that's fine. Stay in the steps. We're going to go in. Secondly, if you're single and you said, Mark, I want a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and tomorrow you meet some amazing person. You're at Starbucks. They're at Starbucks. You know what my favorite book of the Bible is? Numbers. Can I get your number today? And it works. Come on, God answered your prayer. God answered your prayer. He answered your prayer. If you ask God, God, I need a car. And this week, someone donates a car. Who would say God heard your prayer? Okay, very logical here, logical group. Listen to me. If Luke 11's honest, if Jesus is telling the truth, which I think he does, if he says, if you being evil, if your son asks you for bread, you don't give him a stone. If he asks you for some fish, you don't give him a snake. If you being evil, know how to give things to your kids. You ask for an egg, you don't give them a scorpion. He says, if you then being evil, know how to give what your kids ask you for, how much more, that's what he says, will God give the Holy Spirit to those who? That ask for him. So listen, God, I need a girlfriend. Here's a girl. God, I need a job. There's a job. I need a car. There's a car. And now all of a sudden on Sunday, you're like, God, if I can have a prayer language and I can pray in the spirit, give it to me. All of a sudden, this is what some churches believe. The devil comes in like Deion Sanders. intercepts that prayer oh you thought you were getting god no you're getting a scorpion you're getting bezel bub jezebel every other weird figure in the bible listen to me i know you're smart you logically believe that if you ask god for his spirit and a gift that god would give you something like he would let the devil intercept that prayer and put a demonic spirit on you there is people that believe that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Here's what I'd like to say to that crowd that's watching today. I would tell you this, that if speaking in tongues is of the devil, hell felt. Because every time I pray in my prayer language, I love Jesus more. I love the Bible more. I love people more. My spirit grows. My spirit gets strengthened. I feel a voice. I hear the anointing. I commune with the spirit of God. If speaking in tongues is not from God, hell has failed. Period. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't really wrap my head around it. Your brain is eight pounds. Okay? It's eight pounds. Well, I'm really smart. You don't know how smart and successful I am. I know this. It took you uh, three years to say mama and dada. That's what I know about you. I know it took you five years to tie your shoes. I know it took you 18 years to say I'm, I'm, I'm average. I got a degree. It took you four more years to say I'm smarter than the people that just went to high school. It took you another four or five years to get a degree that says I'm smarter than most and I'm going to get a good paying job, but I'm going to be in debt for a long time. Listen, you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. I want to remind you how much you learned in 40, 50, 60 years. God has always been. So you haven't figured him out. Well, I've studied this gifts of spirit, and I have ruled out that there's any chance that that could be likely and that's real. You think that you have absolute revelation on theology. You have a spirit of pride. I'm not claiming I know everything, but I am claiming this. I was blind, but now I see. That when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I, I got louder. 
I started getting fearless. It started altering my personality. It was wild. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I'll tell you the story. I was at a camp. I, I got saved the year before. And people say, you're saying that being saved is different than being filled with the Spirit? Yes. What's your theology for it? How about read Acts chapter 8? And it says that there was a revival in Samaria, and the apostles sent Peter and John to go say, you guys got water baptized? Now it's time to receive the Holy Spirit. Laid hands on them. Guess what happened? Same thing as Acts 2. They start speaking in new languages. Well, that was the one-time event. Okay, let's go to Acts, Acts chapter 10. Cornelius. Come on, Corny. Peter shows up to Cornelius' house, starts preaching the gospel before he finishes, before the keyboardist came up. He starts going, shoulda bought a Hyundai, woulda bought a Kia, Kawasaki. He starts speaking in a prayer language. Peter's freaking out. He's like, dude, I didn't even need the altar call yet. He's speaking in tongues. He's like, what do we do? He hasn't even water baptized yet. It's like, that's all right. Let's, let's baptize him. He got filled with the Spirit and spoke in tongues before he was water baptized. I was the same way. I got filled with the Spirit and had a prayer language before I got water baptized. Stay with me. Well, that was only two times. Okay, Acts 16. Ephesus. The Apostle Paul. Not, not your professor at that, that cemetery that's never seen a miracle. The Apostle Paul. The one that raised the dead. The one that prayed for blind eyes. The one that saw what Jesus did. Yeah, that guy. The one that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Yeah, that guy. He uh, was in Ephesus. This is what he said. To the disciples. He met disciples in the city of Ephesus. He goes, guys, have you received the Holy Spirit? And these disciples didn't say, there is no Holy Spirit. I got him when I got saved. That's all I need of him. You know what they said? They go, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. <laughs> They're disciples. But they were honest. Now, we've been serving God for years. I didn't know there was more. This guy for a service, really successful business guy, ex-Marine. Multi-millionaire guy. He, he came up to me afterwards, tears in his eyes. He goes, I had no idea there was upgrades in the kingdom of God. He said, in the military, you can elevate your rank. He said, thank you today. I felt like God elevated my rank. Tears coming out of his face, praying in, a, in, a, in, a, in his prayer language. I'm going to explain it here in a second. I'm going somewhere. This is wild. He, uh, where's I at? I don't know. Upgrade's real. Before that, I was saying something else. Acts 16. They're like, we didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. Some of you grew, grew up in that church. Disciples? But I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. I thought we just read the Bible, we pray, we go to heaven one day. I didn't know we could do what they did. I, don't, I didn't know I could live a life of faith. I didn't know I could commune with the Spirit of God. I didn't know that. And it says this, that Paul went over, he laid his hands on him, and he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? They started speaking in tongues. Well, this is where I want to break down some Orange County's theology. Well, the Bible says speaking in tongues, it, uh, it's a gift. It's what, like, like, there's like, like the LDS people, they believe that speaking in tongues, there's a couple other world religions that believe speaking in tongues is when you can speak a language that you haven't studied, a literal language. And the truth is that that is one of four theological truths about speaking in tongues. When you have the ability by God, you don't know it, you start speaking, and you're speaking in a language you've never studied. That is factual. That, that actually, in the Bible, Acts 2, they were speaking in languages they've never studied. Have you seen that? Write this down. I want you to write these four things down today. When it comes to the Spirit of God speaking in tongues, there is two for public use and two for private use. 
Here's the problem we do in churches. We go, it's only a language that's real. You're speaking Swahili. You're speaking Portuguese. That's speaking in tongues. That is true, but that's not the only truth. It's, it, well, the Bible says you have to interpret it. Someone speaks in tongues. Someone has to interpret it. Otherwise, don't do it. That is also true. That is, that is the second. No, it says that you build your faith by speaking in tongues. That is also true. That is the third. No, it says that when you speak in tongues, the Spirit of God makes intercession through you. Also true. That's number four. Write this down that I want to give you a breakdown. First, biblical foundation of speaking in a tongue. Why would you God give you a prayer language? Is the Bible talks about the gift of tongues. What is that, preacher? It's when you start praying in your prayer language and you unknowingly speak a language you've never studied. You seen that before? Yeah. You heard about that before? Yeah. I spoke at a big church in Cornavaca, Mexico. Church has 15,000 people in it. They oversee 500 churches. And uh, it started in the 40s by an albino Canadian. Come on. This Canadian missionary went down to Cornavaca, Mexico. And he put, he, put, uh, he put these little, like, posters up all over town, rented a tent, 500 people showed up. Guess who didn't show? His interpreter. And he said, God, what do I do? He's been praying and fasting. That generation was like another level. And the Spirit of God said, pray in your prayer language. This, this Canadian gets up. 500 people speaks fluent Spanish for 45 minutes. Everyone gets saved. They start a church. That's 15,000 that I visited today. I spoke to old people in that church that were in that meeting. That's, that's impossible. No, no, I, I tell you about one of my friends that spoke in California. He has a, he has a church down here. And he had an uh, a intercessor, which is just a, it's a, it's a church word for people that like to pray a lot. He had this lady in the back row of the church praying for him during his message. And she was praying in her prayer language, which I'll talk about in a minute, just interceding for the pastor. And it says that, uh, it, it, he said that, that during the service, she's just praying, and it said afterwards that this guy in front of her turns around and goes, that's remarkable. He goes, I'm from, um, I'm from Norway. He's like, I study ancient Scandinavian dialects. He goes, I didn't know anybody over here even knew that dialect. She said, what? She said, I was just praying. He goes, no, you were speaking fluent in an ancient Scandinavian dialect. You kept on praying, Lord, strengthen the pastor. Lord, encourage him. God, break through right now. You were speaking, like, your pitch, your tone, it was perfect. She's like, well, I was speaking my prayer language. That happened to you before? That's happened to me. I was in Idaho. How many know that when you invite your, your new friends to church, your pastor goes crazy? You're like, tell me about it today. Yeah. Thanks, Pastor Mark. Brought my girlfriend today. Um, I apologize. I was in Idaho youth service and a really popular high school girl brought another popular girl. She's actually from Mexico. It was her first time at our church. And at the end of the service, I'm just, I'm praying, to, which I'll talk about in a second, I'm kind of praying to build my faith up. And uh, I had the mic down here, but I'm just praying to the spirit. And she kind of hear it over the microphone. And this popular girl that goes to our church like, come on, Pastor Mark, stop doing that. Ugh, so weird, you freak everybody out. And then sure enough, her cool friend leans over to her and goes, what's he doing? She's like, oh, here it goes. Goodbye, social life. He's speaking in like a heavenly language. And the girl's like, no, he's not. He's speaking in Spanish. He keeps on saying it over and over again, let us love one another. Let us love one another. Let us love one another. Listen, I took Spanish. I don't remember anything from Spanish. 
I can like barely order at Del Taco. Like I'm just barely getting by. I am speaking fluent Spanish. She goes like his pitch, everything's perfect. Let us love one another. Let us love one another. I've done that on two or three different occasions like that. When I was 18 years old, 17 years old, I got saved at 16. I'm at a camp and the pastor goes, you got baptized. You, you, you give your life to Jesus. If you've never been filled with the spirit, it's like a cucumber, it's like a cucumber being immersed in, in the spirit of God and turning into a, to a pickle. It's going to change you. I'm like, oh, that sounds powerful. So I'm literally like, all right, if there's more, I'm an all or nothing guy. I'm like, if there's more in God that I haven't tasted, I heard some people, Sean dying. So I'm like, this might be real. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll, I'm in. Sign me up. So he had me come forward. He's praying over the whole room, bunch of, bunch of high school kids. Are you still with me today? Yeah. I'm almost done. Let's change your life. And he goes, all right, if you want to receive the baptism of the Spirit, ask him for it. Lord, give me my prayer language. I pray for it. You said to ask, give it to me. And he says, now God's going to give you a sound, an idea, a syllable. And all I want you to do is by faith, speak it out. And I'm like, this sounds crazy. I'm not, that's, that's wild. That's stupid. But he's like, that sounds stupid to you. He's like, remember that you believe in a God that you've never seen by faith. That you got saved by faith. That you got water baptized by faith. That you return the tithe and give offerings by faith. That you believe you're going to live in the streets of gold in heaven one day forever by faith. So the spirit of God is no different. This is by faith. It's like, dang it. That's a good point. So he goes, God's going to give you a thought, a sound, a syllable. You might see a word. Just speak it out by faith. So I'm not kidding. All I saw in my head was three letters, D-A-H, da. I'm like, that's a, st no, I'm not saying that. And the pastor goes, all right, you guys ready? Ask him for my Lord, give me a prayer language. All right. Now he's giving you something to step out and say it. And I'm like, uh, And that's all I did. Some of you, you've been there before. Like, you tried. Like, oh, I'll try one time. It doesn't work. I'm leaving. This is this is a thing. It's like a, this is a sham. These guys want your money. Uh, that's what I thought. Duh. But he says, no, no, it's by faith. Come on. Do, do you want the Spirit of God? Do you want to be baptized? Like, oh, yeah, I guess I do. And I heard it was happening to other people. So I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to try. Duh. Duh. This is really stupid. A sound, God? A syllable? Like, they're speaking over here like sentences and paragraphs. They sound like they know what they're doing. I'm dying over here. Da, da, da. Do you want the spirit of God? Like da, yeah, da, 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 da. And I'm telling you, there was a point that I felt something break. And as my brain was powering down, my spirit was powering up. And I started flowing. I would remind you that none of you spoke your native language in sentences out of the womb. It started with mama, dada. For me, it was da. Years later, after I told this story at a camp one time, a Russian kid came up to me. He goes, Mark, you know what duh means in my language? Come on, Mish, back me up. What's it mean? It means yes. It means yes. You want the Spirit of God? Yes. You want more of God? Yes. You want all that Jesus died to give you? Yes. Come on, go after it. Yes. I don't get it all the time. Yes. Do you want more? Yes. And it changed my life. I got louder, I got fearless, it changed my perspective, my priorities, I stopped caring, I started loving people that I used to hate. Yeah. You know the Spirit of God will do? It'll help you to love your enemies. You grab a seat, I'm almost finished. This is crazy. This is real.
First, first appearance is the gift of tongues. Say gift. That's when you speak a language you haven't studied. Number two, interpret. Say it with me, interpret. This is 1 Corinthians. By the way, this is interesting. How many give me three more minutes? Three? Three, six, nine, twelve. That's nice. Sorry. Twelve minutes. Listen. Almost done. Listen to me. Listen to me. It's crazy. Um, think about this. Uh, Corinthians was like Orange County. It was very affluent. There was no morality. Everybody's sleeping around. There's temple prostitution. Everybody owns everything they've ever wanted. Morality is bankrupt. It's much like Los Angeles, much like Orange County. They were obsessed, obsessed with whatever was new, trends, fads, diets, religions. And it's crazy that God would write more to that church in that city about the Spirit of God than he does any other churches. Could it be that affluent regions that have everything that money can give you might need the Spirit of God more than any other region? This is wild. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it tells you what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. Acts chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 tells you about love, that the motivating instrument of gifts is the love of God. Paul said, I could prophesy, I could do all these great things, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. And then chapter 14, he goes on to say, hey, pursue love, but earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Don't forbid speaking in tongues. Pursue prophecy and do not forbid. I wish everybody spoke in tongues. It's crazy. So here's what we know, interpretation. What does this mean? It means there's moments, usually prayer times, because the Spirit of God does all things decently and in order. Here's the problem. Some churches have decent and order with not all things. Some churches have all things but no decency and no order. So literally with our college, this happened a couple weeks ago. Right, college students? One of the kids you would never expect has this like well inside of him and he jumps up at the end of this prayer time and he starts speaking in a tongue. No one understands. But there was a girl in there that goes, I know what he's saying. She stands up after he's done and goes, God's, I believe God says this. And start sharing it. And the whole room's like, oh, that makes sense. And it edified the whole room. That's when tongues are interpreted. And it's not for right now. So if you're getting ready to jump up, I'll, I'll kick you out of here. Because we're not doing it right now. This is not that moment. But in a prayer time, it's appropriate. Are you following me? So we have interpretation of tongues. And third one, those are public. Are you still with me? There's two for private use. You guys ready? It's two for private use. Jude 1. You put it on the screen, guys. I think it's verse 28. It says that we build up our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. Why do you pray sometimes when we're worshiping at the end, Mark? I'm building my faith. You will never pray the prayer of faith by looking at the impossibilities. You pray with great faith when your spirit is strong. How do you strengthen your spirit? By praying in your prayer language. Well, I don't ever do that. Uh, yeah. That's why you live double lives. That's why you're always confused. That's why you have no ability to say no. Do you know what one of the fruits of the Spirit is? Self-control. You know why you have none of it? Because you have none of His Spirit. It is hard to live holy without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to give you the appetite of Jesus. So we pray in the Spirit to build our faith. So I pray. Like Mark, well, I, I think it's kind of weird. Well, all your favorite preachers, I bet, are all tongue-talking preachers. This guy's, this guy's phenomenal. This guy, this guy's amazing. Yeah, he prays in the spirit. Yeah, he's, he's spirit. He's a tongue talker. It's one of those weird tongue talkers. 
Yeah, that, that song, that Maverick City. Yeah, yeah. Tongue talkers. Yeah. Uh, I sing on the radio, man. That guy, I just love it. Yeah, those guys are filled. And it's always funny to me that churches that don't believe in it, but they love singing their songs. So uh, it uh, builds your faith. And the last thing is, is the Bible says in Romans 8, two verses before that tattoo on your ankle, 28. All things work together for good. Yeah, two verses before that. You know what Romans 8, 26 says? It says that when you don't know what to pray, it says the Spirit of God will pray through you. With utterances, that's the gift of tongues, to speak in Swahili. No, 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 no. It says utterances and sounds that cannot be understood. That's weird. Yeah, so is fax machines. So is the early internet. Can I get a witness in here? Was anybody else baffled at like, what do those weird noise mean? Somehow, the weird noises would actually have a way of connecting with something else and transmit clear images. I don't know if you've ever had a burden before, but when you pray for someone that's in trouble, you have a need in your life. And by the way, you might write me off today, but one day you'll go back and listen to this messages because you're going to need this. I remember I was in Bible college. One of my professors talked about this. I was baptized in the Spirit, but I hardly ever spoke in tongues. And I remember he told me, he said, when you don't know what to pray, you have a burden, pray in your prayer language. I'm like, okay, I filed, whatever, one day. And that night, I'll never forget, I woke up at 2.45, and I had a burden. Right as soon as I woke up, I knew right away my middle brother, John, I have two older brothers, uh, John and Lucifer, and um, kid, his name's Satan. Anyway, another story. Two older brothers. I knew at 2.45 that my brother, John, was in trouble. So I started praying like you would pray. I said, Lord, protect John. Lord, be with John. Lord, bless John. Watch over John. Protect him and bless him and protect him and watch over him and protect him and bless him. And then watch over him. Have anybody else been unimpressed with your vocabulary to pray? Like I got like 30 seconds and I'm, I'm gassed. I got nothing left. I'm a college student. Come on, Mark. There's more in you. And I'm like, no, I got nothing else. And I remember the professor said, when you don't know what to pray for someone, God does. Pray in the Spirit. So, all right, here we go. Started Kawasakian, Shandayan, Hondayan, Hondan. Come on. And I literally, I, I felt like, all right, I pray for John Francis, Shamande, and Amande. And started speaking my prayer language. And it was so rad because I felt this, like, at first, I'm like, this, is this crazy? And I'm like, no, just shut up, brain. We're going to go after God. And I was like, Spirit of God, I don't know what to pray. Pray through me. I started interceding. I feel this burden. I started getting emotional while I was praying. I felt like tears coming on my face. Man, God, you're to protect me. I'm on day, lady. I'm on day. Praying. I'm a normal guy. But I'm telling you, when I, I, I could feel my spirit connecting with the Spirit of God. And it's wild. I, I finished. After about 10 minutes, the burden lifted. And I, like, passed out. I was like, I was, I was out. Got a call at 7.30 in the morning from my mom, California. She goes, Mark, I got some good news and I got some bad news. The bad news was your brother got in a car accident last night. I said, John. She said, yeah, how'd you know? I said, tell me more. She said, he got T-boned by a truck in a Honda Civic going 35 or 45 miles an hour. It tacoed his car. First responders said they've never seen someone get out of a car that was that messed up. Your brother, here's the good news. He got out of the car with two scratches on his body. I didn't know what to pray, but guess what the Holy Spirit did? There is business women in here, business men in here. You don't know what to pray. You pray in the Holy Spirit. 
He starts giving you creative ideas no one else in your field has ever thought about. That's why I believe the greatest politicians, the greatest inventors and entrepreneurs, the greatest thinkers and creatives of our day are those that commune with the Spirit of God. Why would you believe that you have access to the creator of the universe and not somehow have an advantage? We have the access. We have the phone line to heaven. But many of us never pick up the phone. I am, I'm proud to tell you today, I, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I am not embarrassed because even Jesus' ministry didn't really begin until he was filled from the dove. It wasn't until Jesus received the Holy Spirit that he did signs and wonders. And it wasn't until the early church had Pentecost that the men and women of God began to stand up. And I am convinced in our day, in the last days, our sons and daughters won't prophesy, our young men won't dream dreams, our old men won't have visions, that was backwards, and, and all God's Spirit won't be poured out on all flesh until the church gets back to our origins. I don't care if you don't fully understand, I'm telling you, if it's in the Bible, we're going after it. And God could do more with 120 of us that believe this than having multiple thousands that show up every week believing nothing. We will turn Orange County upside down. What's your strategy? It's, uh, it's uh, Peter, James, and John's strategy. Let's pray until God shows up. And when he fills us with power, we're going to the streets. We're going to Congress, we're going to Senate, we're going to school boards. Yeah, we're going to hospitals, we're going to administrations, we're going to CEO board meetings. Yeah, yeah, we're going to go into the highways and the byways, and we're going to bring the light, the hope, the message, and the life of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe it, give him a good hand clap and a shout. You can stand to your feet. Yeah, last service. Every time I've taught on this in our church, I'm always surprised that there's about 35% that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Might have had pastor parents, might have grew up in the church for 50 years, but you never heard a message that brought clarity to the four dimensions of the, the Spirit and the prayers, a prayer language of God. So there's probably at least one third of you today that you're like, Mark, if there is more, I didn't know there was a Holy Spirit. You do now. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to... Are you going to leave and make up arguments of why this is not for today? Or are you going to be willing, like the song says, to go, even if I don't understand it, even if I don't get it, I love you and I want all that you have for me. So I'm going to pray. And here's what I believe. I believe uh, every time I've done this, about 75% will right away get filled with the Spirit and start praying in a prayer language. It's not weird. We don't have to be full volume. You don't have to shake, rattle, or roll. We're normal people. But there's likely you'll start crying. You'll start feeling his presence. You might even shake a little bit. Why? Because um, the God of the universe is going to submerge your spirit. It affects people. But it's not painful. It's not weird. It's actually better than any euphoric feeling you've ever had. It's better than weed. It's better than alcohol. It's better than sex. There's nothing I've ever experienced that compares or competes with being emerged in the spirit of God. Very bold about that. Some of you are going to get hooked. I've been hooked to the presence of God since I was 18, 17. So what we're going to do right now is if you're here and you go, Mark, I've never been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of having a prayer language. But man, if I can have the gift, if I might even interpret it, have a tongue to share, if I could actually build my faith up privately and I could pray for people privately, I could intercede and God would pray through me, Mark. I want all that Jesus died to give me make you weird? No, just makes you a hungry believer. 
if you're here today, you know, that's me. There's probably at least again one third that you want your prayer language. Just lift your hands. And now I'm going to pray. And about 75% of you are going to get it right now. We're going to sing one song. Yeah, hands. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, about, about, yeah, I'd say about 25%, 30%. Yeah, it's awesome. Put your hand up. That's me. I want it. Yeah. I want it. Yeah. I would like some of our leaders to look around. Just keep your hand up. I'd like one of our leaders to come around. You've been a seasoned believer even. Seasoned believer. Not, please don't get crazy. Not, don't get weird. This isn't your service. Just come on, help me out a little bit. Just put your hand on someone's shoulder. And we're going to sing one last song. And some of you, you haven't used your prayer language in a long time. You, you got filled, but you haven't used it. It's been dormant. And you're like, Mark, I want to get refilled. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, Acts chapter 4 verse 31 says that those that were in the upper room prayed again and they got refilled. So today you can get refilled. But right now, come on, before you start praying for them, people, I want you to, come on, everyone to follow me real fast. Just say, Holy Spirit. Come on, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you for the gift that John 14 promises us. I ask you for the comforter. I ask you for the helper. Convict me, lead me, guide me in all truth. Bring to remembrance what Jesus said. Holy Spirit, fill me with a prayer language now. And you're going to get a sound, a syllable, a thought, a tongue. I just want you to speak it out by faith. You don't have to shout it. Just as loud as you talk. Just come on, just speak it out by faith. By faith. By faith. Here it comes. By faith. We're going to sing this song. One time. Two minutes. Come on, and God's going to fill this room up right now. Come on, if you're, go ahead and lay hands on him and say, Lord, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Sunday, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Come like a fly. You can come in like a flood I don't care what it looks like Oh, I'm so in love Say you come in like a fire You can come in like a flood I don't care what it looks like I'm so in love Come on, go after all that he has He has more
like a fire. I don't even care what it looks like. Come on, all that you have today, Jesus. Fill the Spirit of God. Fill us. Sons and daughters, prophesy. Come on, young man getting a vision right now. Young lady, visions. Come on, old men getting dreams. Old ladies getting dreams. Fill, 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 fill. All flesh. All flesh. All flesh. relationship, without a communion with the Holy Spirit. So today, Lord, we make an alliance. We declare in Jesus' name. I don't know about you, man, but if I hear about weird people that make deals with darkness and demons and the devil, man, I'm happy to report that we can make deals with God today. Holy Spirit, we make a deal with you that as for me, as for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We want to go where you want us to go. We want to be what you want us to be. I think that giants will fall, promised lands will be invaded, and God, we will do great exploits this year. I believe you're giving us lands, you're giving us languages, you're giving us people groups, that there is a new authority coming over your bride. I felt, Lord, strategic today that, God, where you're leading us this year is going to be such a Book of Acts revival that we had to out of the gate say, this is who we are living, this is who we are influenced by. And I'll tell you right now, it is a liberating thing when someone goes, where did you get that idea? I've never heard of something so genius. That was the Spirit of God. Where did you get that strategy for your campaign? That was the Spirit of God. Where did you get that invention? That was the Spirit of God. I believe it is the Holy Spirit that makes us look good. 
it says that we like Daniel, come on, 10 times wiser than the wisest men of our land. Why? Because we have a relationship with the Spirit of God. So we put our hands on our hearts today and we say, Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you refill us? Would you refire us? I believe that Christianity without the Holy Spirit is like being a car without gasoline. It is the Spirit of God that gets us to our destinations. So today, today, Holy Spirit, fill us up. And here's what's going to happen. I feel it right now. We're almost done. Three really quick things. First one, it's real deep. We'll bring it down just a second. Real, real quick, three things. First one is, there's people in here that you're going to start getting dreams and visions. And you're going to start hearing God's voice, not just for yourself, but for others. It's called becoming prophetic. That's going to happen because you got filled today. If that's you, you feel like, Mark, I feel like God is telling me that I'm going to start getting visions, dreams, and a prophetic unction. If that's you, you feel God stirring your heart. You might have been a Christian for 20 years, 50 years, but you've never had dreams, visions, or prophetic dreams, prophetic moments. Lift your hands right now. Yeah, that's coming. That's real. I pray that even on their drive home, some of you, you're talking to your wife, I never had this idea, but God gave it to me. Yeah, that's real. Dreams, visions prophetic unctions that's it awesome say i receive all that you have holy spirit In jesus name second thing you put your hands down some of you you need to be healed and i'm telling you the bible says that you shall receive power verse acts 1 verse 8 and you'll be my witnesses in jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the earth you'll receive power power to heal the gospel without power is no gospel at all so if you're here today and you go, Mark, I have a physical, a mental, a spiritual need. Would you pray that God would heal? Lift your hands. We'll be out of here. I promise. We'll be out here in three minutes. This is better than your football game today. I promise. Lift your hands. If someone's hands up next to you, just put your hand on your shoulder. Guys, guys, girls, and girls. Someone's hands up. The Bible says we lay hands on the sick and they will recover. If you need a healing, lift your hands. Everybody find someone that has their hand up. Just put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray this prayer. Say, in Jesus' name. Say, Lord Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you heal them? Would you fill them? And would they leave never the same? Heal them, fill them. Heal them and fill them in Jesus Christ's name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And finally, you, you can stop praying if you like. One last thing we do before we close is if you're here today and you go, Mark, I'll be honest, man, this is all new for me. You invited me to your house. I've never seen a swimming pool. We just dove in. And um, I kind of like it, though. This seems legit. I feel something. This, this, is, this is real. If you're not living for Jesus, or maybe you've been one foot in, one foot out, you haven't fully surrendered. And by the way, I'll tell you right now, if you try to live for Jesus on Sundays and live for yourself the rest of the week, you will always be vexed in your mind. You will live with perpetual confusion. And eventually, it'll lead to apostasy. Because you can't serve God long with an unsurrendered heart. And eventually, the Bible says that those are seeds that fell by the wayside. And it says that the cares of this world, and it says even the weeds of the world will choke out God's word. And so I feel like some of you today, you need to fully surrender. Because if you do it one foot in, one foot out, you're going to just, you're going to frustrate yourself and everybody else around you. It's time to go all the way in. If you don't know Jesus or you need to go all the way in, I just want you to lift your hands 
all over. I'll give you three seconds to lift them. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Just lift them real high. I want Jesus to be my God. Real high. I want to rededicate my life. Keep it up. Real high. Real high. Three, four, five. Real high. Real high. Six, seven, eight. Real high. Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Real high. Thirteen. Anybody else? Fourteen. I see that hand. Fourteen. Fifteen. Thank you. Sixteen. There's two more in the back. Okay, cool. Let's pray this prayer. If you're watching the line, don't miss this moment. Don't miss the day of visitation. I'll do it later, Mark. I'll wait till I'm on my deathbed to get right with God so I can live crazy. Number one, if you try to live free without God, you're going to end up in bondage. First thing. Second thing, why would you wait till your deathbed to do something that you can enjoy the rest of your life? Today's the day of salvation. There's four more people in the tents. There's probably six or seven a day online at least. Four more that you didn't raise your hand when you were supposed to. You didn't raise it, but you were supposed to. There's four more today. Yeah, close your eyes. Your heart's beating out of your chest. Really, preacher? Yeah, really. I'll do it later. No, that's what the devil wants you to believe. But when you do it later, you don't always have a later. So today's the day of salvation. I repeat, today is the day of salvation. There's four people that didn't raise your hand, but you're supposed to. I want you to raise it right now. This is God giving you another opportunity. Your heart is pounding. Your, we're almost done, I promise. Real high, four more, eyes closed. One, on the count of three. Two, I didn't raise it, but I was supposed to. Here's God picking you up. Three, real high. There's one. Real high, real high, real high. There's two. Real high, real high. Please, please. There's three. Real high, real high. I see those. I see those two. There's four. There's four. Here we go. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I counted those, those two in the back. Yeah, that's four. That's four. I love it. Pray this prayer, Oceans Church, with all those that raise their hands. Say, Jesus, I, I, I acknowledge today life is lived best with you on the throne of my life. So I surrender and I receive you. I believe you are the son of God I believe that I can be filled with your spirit so I invite you fill me heal me lead me and guide me from this day forward give me a great church give me a Bible I want to follow you in Jesus name people of God said amen it's gonna be a great month come on give God a hand clap thanks for listening to our podcast have a great week